0: Welcome to another episode of Books That Make Us Better. My name is Kayla Joe. My name is Megan. I'm Lydia. And I'm Jesse. And uh, we are officially on episode three of season three, and we are fully immersed in Green Lights. We're immersed, and uh, we're getting to more Straight stories. In. Yeah, that I I feel like Jesse's going to call bullshit on more of these stories today. <laughs> we learned
1: last time that he. He learned this lesson from his mother that he likes to stretch the truth.
2: Yes, and yes, if, and, if and he he'd rather be it, a bullshitter than a liar. So I feel like he's a bullshitter.
1: Yeah, which I don't. What's the line? But okay,
0: there's definitely a little bit of uh, embellishment happening. But I, <laughs> we're, you know what? We're putting shit together, and um, getting into these next chapters. There's a lot of times that Matthew McConaughey talks about not having a shirt on, and I think that also tracks. So if there's anything he's probably telling the truth on, it's, I mean, we know (laughs) that's that's true. Yeah. No shirts. So there is something about this book that there's some real stuff in there.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Should we get started? Do you want me to get started?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's
1: just roll right in.
0: We believe the power to change lives is within ourselves. We believe with the right attitude, anything can be accomplished. We believe the amount of knowledge and insight available is limitless.
1: But we don't think life should be taken too seriously.
3: Books that make us better. An alpha media podcast.
1: We're coming off of, um, right, Lydia talking about Mike and how his rite of passage was beating his dad up. (laughs) So weird. Um, (laughs) What a two by four. So, the two by four. So now we're rolling into the next kid, Pat, who was the, if we remember right, is the adopted one. Um, not that I mean, that's not his like, that's <laughs> not his identity. But I'm just saying for it's reference, trackball. he's yeah, the adopted the one. Trackball. But he, but he still gets he gets to be inducted into the Hall of Mandum. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so we're talking about Pat. So the first. L- little story that we get about pat is um this story about um a dirt bike so evidently his dad would go and hang out with his friends and they would get together and drink um and then they would do this thing where he would see if they could pee over the tallest man's head i don't i mean sounds like a pissing contest
3: literally in- but i'm bummed
1: Boys are weird. Yeah, boys are weird. Um, um, there was no prize involved. It's usually just bragging rights. Like, yeah, I remember that time I peed over your head, as most people would love to say. Um, so they're, uh, you know, they're doing it. And then I guess uh, the dad, you know, was shown up and decided, well, you know what? Um, my son could do it. My boy can do it. So I'm going to go get him. So he literally, he drives home. I guess it's a long drive and it was late. Drives home, goes to get Pat um, and brings him back. And they have a bet going now. So the bet is that if Pat can pee over the tallest man's head, I think his name was Fred or something. Um, If he can pee over that man's head, he gets this little dirt bike that Pat had been wanting. But if he can't, then the dad, what is his name? Um, is it Jim? Yeah, Jim. So, Jim, the, Matthew McConaughey's dad, is like, I'll give you $200, to which he does not have $200. But that's okay because he runs by Outlaw Logic. So, he'd rather not have any money and just like have fun <laughs> than, I don't know, have money. <laughs> um, so, he goes back, gets Pat. Brings him back. Um, evidently, this oh, there's 112 miles. So oh yeah, they're they're like on vacation. It's like a hunting thing. Okay, anyway, sorry, I digress. So he gets him back, and I guess Pat had to hold it the whole way. Like he was woke up in the middle of the night, you know, like as one does needs to pee. And his dad's like, no man, hold it until we get there. And then he's like, let her rip when they get there. And of course, he pees over Fred's head and gets the gets the uh, dirt bike, which is. Like, I guess it was a Christmas present, but then like that was his induction into the Hall of Mandom. (laughs) That was it. So now Pat's a man because he peed over Fred's head.
0: It's also weird.
1: Also weird. Um, I, I feel like I don't know. Like, that's all I got. I I, I couldn't pull anything from this story.
0: Anyone else want to throw something (laughs) out? Because I was like,
1: okay, thank you for that anecdote.
0: I will say it was a lot less violent than Mike. So Pat yeah. lucked out with that.
1: Yeah. He just had to pee.
0: Yeah. And he had to go anyway. So and yeah. he, got a, he got a
1: sick prize out of it. Evidently he was <laughs> really into motorbikes. All right. So, okay, well, yeah, got it. So the next story about Pat, we'll just, um, scoot on along is when he is <clears throat> golfing in college, I believe. Um, yeah, the Mississippi Delta State Statesman golf team. <laughs> so he was um, really good at golfing, um, but he was also really into smoking pot. So the coach, they brought it up and was like, hey, I know some people were smoking. Um, we need to find out who did it, like who brought it and who did it um, because they went to like a tournament or something. Pat, as you know, he followed his parents' rules not to lie. It was like me, coach, it was me. I brought the weed. I smoked it. He took the blame. He didn't let anyone else take it. And then the coach was like, I'll let you know what my decision is later. Later, he tells Pat, like, I'm going to tell your father and you're suspended for playing golf next semester. And so Pat knows he's in deep shit, right? Like if his dad finds out, (laughs) you know, I mean, we've already seen what his dad will do. He, He has no qualms with beating the shit out of his son so pat's probably like shitting his pants so the coach is like or he's like pat says hey i told you the truth like there's no reason to bring my dad into it and i'm the best girlfriend on the team like why would you do that and the coach is like doesn't matter you broke the rules you're suspended i'm gonna tell your dad and pat is like you can suspend me but you can't tell my dad he'll kill me and the coach is like well that's not my problem basically and then Pat's like, All right, fine. Let's go for a ride, coach. Takes him for a ride. And then I guess he basically threatens the coach is like, he says it like this. Let me make this real clear, coach. You can suspend me, but if you call my dad, I'll kill you. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I don't know. They all learned a lesson from dad.
3: A little trip off the old
1: block. Again, not sure what the lesson is here. I don't perseverance. I don't
3: like <laughs> I No, I mean, maybe it's if you just threaten enough people. If you're scary enough, they'll do what you want. I've Definitely. been living life all wrong. All wrong.
1: <laughs> Clearly, yeah. we've, been, we've all been doing it wrong. Um, I don't, yeah. And I feel like the, like, I, I'm totally down with him telling the truth. Like, fine. Owning up to your mistakes. That's great. But <laughs> Threatening. I don't know. Like, you could own up to your mistake to your dad, too. It's weird how it, like, it was cool to own up to your mistake to your coach, but not to your dad. But, again, he was threatening individual also, so.
0: Do we need to bring up the two-by-four again?
1: (laughs) Facts. Uh, So, I guess that maybe this is just, like, another peek into, like, this is who Pat was. It's another peek into Matthew McConaughey's life.
0: Although, kind of interesting that um, he still was, like, well, I think the answer here is to threaten to kill him. Even though he got welcomed into manhood with a pissing contest. So I guess maybe we're just showing that dad's lessons uh, really struck a chord. Struck a chord.
1: (laughs) Right. And like, even though you're inducted into the Hall of Mandom, uh, you you could still fuck up and get out and get kicked out in a violent way. (laughs) Possibly. Um, Yeah.
2: I think at the end of the day, they're all just stories to prove that outlaw logic so they're like the fact that they're like habitual like an outlaw is like a habitual criminal or a lawless person and like it could be figuratively like in the form of the law but it could be against like nor social norms morals you know those kinds of things so maybe they're really just stories to paint that picture that like they all had outlaw logic right like
3: they all kind of make their own rules and then Life yeah. tends to just fall in line with them. How yeah. I don't know.
1: I mean, it worked out for them. Yeah. These cis white men. It worked out perfectly <laughs> for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problems. Should I read the the bumper sticker at the end of Pat's thing? I
0: I actually really like this bumper sticker, so I say yes. Okay.
1: Um, so it's called he labeled it conservative early, liberal late create structure so you can have freedom, create your weather so you can blow in the wind, map your direction so you can swerve in the lanes, clean up so you can get dirty, choreograph, then dance, learn to read and write before you start making up words, check if the pool has water in it before you dive in, learn to sail before you fly, initiation before inaugurations, earn your Saturdays. We need discipline, guidelines, context, and responsibility early in any new endeavor. It's the time to sacrifice, to learn, to observe, to take heed. If and when we get knowledge of the space, the craft, the people, and the plan, then we can let our freak flag fly and create. Creativity needs borders. Individuality needs resistance. The earth needs gravity. Without them, there is no form, no art, only chaos. Yeah. Um, again, his, his bumper stickers are fun. Uh, I do love them.
0: I loved that one. Yeah. It's kind of like figure out the rules before you decide to fuck them all up.
3: (laughs) Oh, I like that little synopsis of it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Spot on. Target Uh, hit. Nice job, Kayla. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Uh, So next, is it me? I believe it's me. Uh, This next part starts where it talks about Matt uh, being an accident and how they always told him that. So that's, I love that. That's a real, real honest Uh, But he talked about how he wanted and needed his dad's approval um, because Matthew McConaughey says he was always a mama's boy. And um, he said, I don't know. I don't know what he said. I didn't really understand why this chunk was here. He talks about how he was a mama's boy, but he just really wanted his dad's approval. So then he's got another little bumper sticker here. It says the best way to teach is the way that is most understood. Okay. Okay. Profound. Uh, profound. So then we get into <laughs> the Incredible Hulk and how Matthew McConaughey loved Luke Frigno, and he loved his Lou Frigno, and he loved his muscles, and he would pose in front of the TV with a shirt off. Checks out. We all know this about Matthew McConaughey. And how he loved Lou Frigno's biceps. And his dad said, basically, biceps are for show, but if you're a working man, you got the triceps. And then he slowly lowered both of his arms in front of him, straightened them out with his fist to the floor. And then he twisted his arms and flexed a massive pair of triceps. He says, now the triceps, son. He said, that's the work muscle. That's the muscle that puts food on the table and the roof over your head. The triceps, they're for dough. Biceps are for show. Okie dokie. So that's great. Love that. Uh, Now we're going to bring the weird with the bird. And uh, this is interesting because his dad, Jim, Matthew McConaughey, really wants his love. You know who gets all of Jim's love? This bird. Which is kind of a weird twist. But also, I'm a huge animal person. So I get it. Uh, And he talks about how, like, this bird, Lucky, would fly across their um, trailer. Because at the time, Mom was on an extended vacation uh, to a beach house. And Rooster, his brother, was also already a millionaire. Uh, So he was in Texas. And so Matthew McConaughey was with his dad in this double-wide trailer. And so they would let Lucky out in the trailer all day. And Lucky only went back in his cage To sleep at night. And uh, one day they all got home. Lucky didn't fly out. And uh, they found Lucky under a toilet seat. And then his dad proceeded to give the bird mouth to mouth. Uh, He put his whole mouth over the bird. And breathed into his mouth seven times. (laughs) And... Then the bird uh, came back to life with toilet water and saliva on her head. And uh, she was dead. Now she's alive. Lucky then lived another eight years. So. <laughs> so his dad really loved the bird. Matthew McConaughey, maybe not so much.
1: Uh, and like he tried to make a point in the beginning that um like his dad could hurt with his hands, but he could also heal with his hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess this was to that point. And evidently he had great hugs. So oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. possibly, I mean, it sounds like dad tried to balance the wrong with the right.
0: Dad also had life giving breath. What a skill. <laughs> what
1: a skill. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine giving a bird mouth-to-mouth that had been in the toilet in my trailer. That's love, love, Megan. That's love. That is, that is love. straight-up love. The question
0: mm-hmm. is, if Matthew McConaughey drowned in a toilet, would Dad have given him mouth-to-mouth? <laughs> <laughs> this is the question I need answered.
1: We have questions. And also, (laughs) my question is, how long had the bird been in the toilet? If it lived for another eight years, it couldn't have been dead for that long.
3: Right? Right. Like, was there brain damage? That's... Like, did this bird... Like, was it fully functioning as it was? (laughs) We need to know if it suffered neurologically.
1: I just think somebody should be listening. We need somebody to be listening and live tweeting to Matthew McConaughey all of our questions. Yes.
3: (laughs) I would, like, lose my mind if we ever retweeted, you know, tweeted at one of the people and they actually responded. I Re- think it would be the most unreal thing I've ever experienced. Maybe it
0: else. just needs all four of us. Is this what it takes? <laughs> Every I, single one of us do I have to get tweeted. Twitter for this? You yeah. might.
1: I, I got myself some Twitter and I tweeted at um, an Iowa Public Radio personality who I may or may not fangirl about. And he liked my tweet. Oh, ah. Was it he's John like an was, No, it was Clay Masters. Oh. John Pemble is great too, but I don't think he's an IPR guy. I think Clay Masters is Iowa. Okay, no.
0: what's the John Pemble? I know John Pemble. He's
1: NPR, isn't he?
0: Like I don't know. He's
1: an he's a national correspondent. We chat known. with
0: each other about our cats from time to time. John Pemble's a big cat fan. Man. Anyway, back to back to Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> Who's still barefoot and shirtless? Jesse, take it away.
2: <laughs> um. So to finish up, Outlaw Logic, there are a compilation of like three more stories that Matthew kind of again paints the scene of uh, how he developed his Outlaw Logic, but also how he kind of put it into practice. And so the next story was about um, when he was living with his dad in this double wide trailer, which he used to resuscitate Lucky. This is uh, apparently after this. Um, that summer, he uh, discovered these amazing pine trees that he had never seen before, uh, because they moved to, a, you know, they were in a different town in Uvalde, I think is where they were from. And now they were in Longview. And so in the summer, while his dad was working, he would adventure out into this pine wood forest and he would take his BB gun in his chamois which I didn't know what the hell a chamois was so that took me a while to figure out and you know he would just kind of discover and explore and he found this amazing pine tree that just towered above the rest and he also came across a lumber yard um and the men were you know working every day to make these mountainous stacks of two by fours and four by fours and plywood. And, you know, he got this idea, well, I could sneak into this uh, lumber yard. I could still lumber and I could make this amazing tree house and it's going to be great. So he spent weeks uh, sneaking out of his house uh, at night when his dad went to bed and uh, he had clipped open a little hole in the Fence that must have been a wire fence. And he would, you know, take enough lumber uh or whatever he could, drag to the tree, and then he'd sneak back home, get back into bed before his dad would wake him up at six for breakfast, and then he'd spend all day building this tree house. And he did this for like six weeks, he said. Um, and you know, he was uber proud of what he made. It had stairs. I think at some point he says it has like 30 floors or something. I'm like, how is that even possible? But whatever, Matthew, here we go.
3: Again, with the Um,
2: bullshitting. Yeah, again, with the, yeah, probably a logical story. I'm guessing it had one floor. You probably couldn't stand on it, and it was all rinkety. I don't know, again, I'm just skeptical, (laughs) ever the skeptic. Um, And so he was so proud of himself at the end because he even created this little pulley system that he would pull his little lunch bag up and have... Lunch, and he discovered why Longview got its name because you literally could just see for miles, and he said it was the best summer of his life, green light, and I'm like, okay, I don't I get it. you're an outlaw, you steal things, you made a tree house. What else? <laughs> what else is going on here and i I really no
1: ahead I, I want to say like from Iowa like we we know what building tree houses is like, like I feel like that is a, a Iowa kid thing. And no fucking way is there 30 <laughs> floors. Just shut the yeah, fuck up. I, <laughs> right know. Now. I was
2: like, why did we have to quantify the, the number of levels? Why don't we just say it I had many floors? <laughs> if
1: you dream it, you can believe it.
2: <laughs> well, I guess I guess if you believe it, it happened because that's what his mom taught him, you know.
1: It definitely oh, sorry, it does sound like um like every kid's dream though. Like spending yeah. your summer building a treehouse. That I mean, that actually does sound fucking awesome.
2: I know, but also by himself. Like, to me, yeah. I was like, God, kid, were you six weeks by yourself? You didn't have any friends? Can we you didn't even about...
0: take You didn't even take the parrot. <laughs> you didn't even take Lucky. like Yeah. yeah.
2: And Okay. <laughs> Listen, Lucky
0: it. was having tough enough of a time.
2: <laughs> Recovering.
0: Uh, also, can we talk about the amount of wood that would take? Yeah. Well, I know the mm-hmm. price of lumber probably didn't compare to what it hit in 2021, <laughs> but...
3: This sounds expensive for a young lad.
1: Well, he <laughs> stole it, so it was free. <laughs>
3: yeah. Only like, free 30 floors worth of a treehouse, they wouldn't have noticed all that wood is gone? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, okay. oh, there's a hole in the fence, because isn't that how got in there? Yeah. No, he he yeah.
1: covered it with vines, okay? Nobody oh, yeah. every day, so
3: no one could see it. <laughs> sounds like the plot of a movie that we watched as kids. Like, it doesn't, I don't so know. It's, it's like Sandlot come to life.
2: Yeah yeah or no like it was thir- and now and 13 then floors like- and 100 feet floors. above the ground
1: 100 <laughs> feet still 100 building. 13 yeah. floors that's an unlucky number for building so yeah. Ew, that is true you live and you learn okay matthew mcconaughey
2: <laughs> yep Yep. So then he continues on to talk about how, you know, that was the best summer of his life. And then when September came back around, his mom came back and he comes to find out that his mom wasn't taking extended vacations. His parents were really in the middle of their second divorce. Um, And so mom was just leaving because she was no longer in that relationship. But she came back um and then he has one of his bumper stickers that it's not vanity it's commerce until it's vanity again which is a funny segue i guess into uh his next outlaw logic story which i think paints a better picture another picture of his dad's outlaw logic so his mother who was back at the home they were all living together at this time um was into a like multi-level marketing sales company i'm guessing uh for selling a product called oil of mink and it was a facial cosmetic um that she would sell door to door that promised this like beautiful youthful glowing complexion um, if you used it and so at this point uh matthew was an adolescent and was experiencing a few
1: little pimples
2: some uh, and his mom looked and was like oh you've got some impurities and and oil of mink will pull all these impurities out of your skin And it's going to get rid of all of your um, acne. So Matthew, being a young teen and probably wanting to get rid of a few pimples, uh, started to put it on his face. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, I think he goes like full 21 days of using it. It goes from like a few pimples to a lot of pimples to like full-blown acne. Um, And all because this oil of mink is clogging his pores. Um, The mom even has like her sales, like, the person over her come over and check out Matthew's face. And, you know, they, they see all these zits and the <laughs> sales lady is like, oh, that's great. It's working <laughs> like you have uh, a bunch of zits because you have so many impurities in your skin. Um, and so it finally gets to the point where Matt, against his mom's like permission, decides to go to a dermatologist. And the dermatologist takes one look at him and asks what he's been using and says, oh, my gosh, like, no wonder you have all of these. Uh, pimples because this is meant for like older, more mature skin that isn't producing the oil that yours is producing, and uh, you know we've got to get this cleared up or you're going to have permanent scarring from acne. So um, he prescribes him Accutane, which has a whole another list of like side effects that Matthew goes through, but it, it does end up working. And then uh, throughout the entire like process, he does have a little bit of like I guess self consciousness about it, and but nothing too crazy. But his dad. You know sees it as this. Oh my gosh, we could we're gonna sue this company. Um, this they should have never been given to you. And I'm gonna take you to an attorney and we're gonna sue this company. And so he goes along, uh, with his dad on this. And they meet with an attorney, and the attorney tries to establish this emotional distress and how hard it must have been for such a young boy in school to have to have this acne and experience all this trauma. And Matthew's just like, yeah, yeah, I had I had all this trauma just trying to appease his father, and you know, knowing that his dad, you know, was always looking for a way to probably make a quick buck, and they were hoping to make I don't know twenty or thirty thousand, I can't remember. So um, after I think months, the case actually kind of like goes to trial, and when he's there, um, the they kind of cross examine him with his um, you know the evidence and ask him, you know, oh, you must have. Uh, had so much you know emotional distress and it must have been awful to experience this and then the uh defense shows a picture from uh matthew mcconaughey's yearbook where he won uh best looking or most handsome and it kind of just shoots a hole into the whole obviously case because he couldn't have been that bad if he was winning most handsome during this time so and his dad ends up being really like, miffed about the whole thing because, you know, he says Matthew screwed up the whole lawsuit by being Mr. Handsome, which, again, how much control did he have over that? I don't really know. So, just another example of this outlaw logic father. I don't know. Did you, anybody else take anything?
1: Dad was mad.
2: <laughs> Dad was just <laughs> super pissed. Again. Sorry and like mad that he was his,
1: his kid was good looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I, it's, uh, it, I'm glad that his, that he went and saw a dermatologist because like coming from somebody who actually does have acne, it's totally not on topic, but like, I mean, yeah, it, it can be super painful. So I can't, I, I don't know. I hate that his mom was just like, gosh, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> like,
2: Yeah, she was like, oh, shucks uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know yep. at the end of the story he does talk like his dad he says his dad was inconsolable and he went on about it for weeks, just always muttering, God damn it, boy.
1: <laughs> like it was just really miffed about that.
3: How could you be most handsome? Yeah. Jeez. I wonder if his dad like ever took accountability for anything, or if everything that happens in his life was somebody else's fault.
0: Probably, ding, ding, ding,
3: ding, ding. Yeah, ding. number yeah. two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and even the things that were out of anybody's control would have been somebody else's fault. I, he's a very hard person for me to to like. I guess. So. Well, he's dead, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, which I know. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Well, that's good. But, I mean, not good, but I mean.
3: Does that <laughs> happen
2: later in the book? Because I haven't I read s- that
3: part. I it must. I don't know. Because well, I know his oh, dad. Oh yeah, 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 it does, yeah, yeah it
0: does.
3: So, yeah, mm. I feel like sometimes, and I could just be, you know, this is my own thoughts, but I wonder if he writes his dad like he does because he's like romanticizing him as like, like maybe the person he might want have wanted him to be sometimes, um, and and you know, like when it's your parents you might say something about them and then realize, Oh my God, that could make them sound really bad. And they're really not that bad person. So I need to like make it sound better. Yeah. Or, you know, and like, so. Yeah. I don't know. But his dad's a hard one for me.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he had redeeming qualities.
3: I would imagine. Yeah.
0: yeah. Shit. But he again, brought bird that, back to life. That felt yeah. difficult for you to say. Like, I felt like the words really were just getting, you they, really had to push them out. They
1: had, I shoved them out of my mouth because <laughs> I'm choosing to see that there possibly was some good. I mean, Matthew McConaughey doesn't seem all that bad, so there must have been something good.
3: And yeah. he could have done a lot of growth as he's aged. in uh, Which you know, we all
1: can do. We can all yeah. go beyond our parents.
0: And quite frankly, yeah. if all of these stories are bullshit, maybe his name wasn't even Jim. <laughs> maybe all of us is fakery. <laughs> <laughs> we don't this know. is a
1: work of fiction
0: <laughs> we don't know <sighs> all right Lydia.
1: No, no 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 one more I
0: saying, yeah <laughs> there we have one, one more story oh this, this is where that bullshitter God, there is one more
2: Ugh. there so the bumper sticker before this story says that there are bullshitters and there are liars the difference is the liar tries to hide his bullshit while the bullshitter lets you know he's lying that's why i like bullshitters more than liars
3: I
0: feel like
2: he's, he's calling us out. something yes he's yeah. calling
3: himself out here and i <laughs> appreciate that about him i totally would rather have a bullshitter than a liar as well agreed so. agreed yeah
2: yes yeah. and uh, so i think it's the perfect it is the perfect bumper sticker into the next story because the next story about outlaw logic uh again sets the scene of that mom was gone again on an extended vacation so this is the like third divorce i'm guessing and he was back living with his dad just He and his dad, from what uh, I can tell from the story, and Matthew had just spent uh, the night out with some friends and came home on time for curfew. He had a midnight curfew, but was kind of startled by the fact that his dad was awake and his dad was on the phone. And he overhears this conversation with the father of the friend that he was just with. And um, bef- by the time the dad gets off the phone, it, Matthew's kind of coming into the bedroom uh, to check in on kind of what's going on. And Matthew's dad... Uh, flat out asked ask him if he had stolen pizza from the pizza hut that he and his friend were at that night and the you know a couple paragraphs of the book just go through like Matthew's thought process of like uh I don't want to be a liar but I don't want to he's like he's just kind of grappling with I know I shouldn't lie but like couldn't stop from lying I'm not really sure um, and he knew he was kind of digging his own grave by telling his dad, no, sir, like I wasn't there when, you know, the bill was paid. I I left before, um, I was just in the car. I have no idea what happened. And, you know, his dad gives him, I think, two different opportunities to come clean with, you know, did you steal the pizza or did you know the pizza was stolen? Um, and, uh, finally his dad just, like, smacks him, like, whops him a good one, uh, Matthew apparently pisses his pants, and then comes clean about stealing the pizza, and the whole time he's just going through this process of his, in his head about how he shouldn't have lied, and how, you know, he, he, his dad kind of, Has ingrained in him that he's a mama's boy and that he's, you know, uh, he says, unlike him, uh, at the barn, I was a rat, I was a fink, I was a pussy, I was a coward, um, and that he was like a mama's boy. So apparently he regrets that he had his rite of passage to just stand up and tell the truth, and he didn't and just was left on the floor with piss pants. He failed the test.
1: And that was it. Um, there's a part where Matthew McConaughey writes, I deserved it. I earned it. I asked for it. I wanted it. I need it. I got it. And if that doesn't sound like somebody who's in a domestic abuse relationship, then I, I don't know what that. does. I was mm-hmm. going to say
0: the same thing. Yeah. I'm
1: like, how can you write this now as a grown adult and think, this is what I wanted? I deserve that. No, you fucking didn't, dude. You did not deserve to get smacked across the face. You deserved a punishment, probably, some sort of discipline. Yeah, because you stole something and that's against the law and also you lied. But like I just there's a lot of things to unpack. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm not okay with it. Um this is a strange story.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, I I, think it just goes... It paints that narrative again of his father. But also that... I mean, it really was... There were just a few things that they were not supposed to do. And the biggest thing for his father was him not to be a liar. Don't lie. Just be honest. And it won't be as bad as it will be if you are lying, I guess.
1: Right. Which, I mean... Yeah. Totally. I think, I mean, I feel like that's a, that could be in a standard parenting practice just without the physical punishment. Mm -hmm. Like, totally. If I know that you're lying and you just keep lying, like, yeah, my whatever my punishment is, is going to be far worse than if you would have just come clean and then we Mm -hmm. talk about it.
0: Though I will say, how much of him lied just out of
3: fear?
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, he knows what his dad's capable of, so. Yeah, he's watched him beat the shit out of everybody while growing up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah.
3: Sorry about that for you, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sorry about yeah. that.
3: It makes me think of that moment in Good Will Hunting when Robin Williams is like, "It's not your fault." <laughs> Matt Damon's like, "I know," and then they just keep talking. I feel like that was like a moment for us to Matthew McConaughey, where we're like, "It's not your fault." <laughs> Even though that's a different type of scenario, if you've seen the movie. It's not quite the same. (laughs) Someone's got to tell him it's not his fault. It's not (laughs) your fault.
0: He's done all right, though, for himself. So he's got that going. And probably has the money for a really good therapist. So
3: Probably does. There's that,
0: too.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that was the end of Outlaw Logic. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we got to see everybody's and how it had been ingrained in them as kids and I guess we'll see if it filters into the rest of his life and the stories.
3: hmm
2: Yeah. So I think it's Lydia now.
3: We're into part two. Finding yes. your frequency. So part two starts out in Matthew McConaughey's senior year of high school and where, again, he was voted most handsome. Um, he was dating the best-looking girl at his school and at the school across town. He drove <laughs> this kick-ass pickup truck. He was just catching all the green lights. So he said he he chased girls. You know, he um, he went after them in terms of dating and flirting. Um he was not the guy who was too who, who was too cool for school. He would dance at parties. Um, he would give forth all the effort. He was a hustler, um, and his truck was a point of pride for him. He would take girls off road mudden, which super fun. Not for me. LOL but,
1: Texas.
3: Yeah. Um, he had a megaphone in the front of it, and he would, like, catcall girls in the high school parking lot. And I read this, and I was, like, high school Lydia age? would have probably thought, oh, my gosh, he noticed me. And now 36-year-old Lydia is, like, that shit is gross, and don't do that. So it's interesting how, you know. I will everything.
1: sock you in the face.
3: <laughs> yes. Um, anywho, so – he was that guy you know he was the one that everyone had at the like he was at the parties everybody loved him so one day he's driving past a nissan dealership and sees a shiny candy red 300 zx um this flashy little sports car and he falls in love with it trades his truck in on the spot then he becomes the guy who parks farther away from school so that his car does not get dinged. He just leans against the car and, you know, just waits for the girls to come and to come at him because he assumes that's what's going to happen. And then he realizes that nobody's doing that, that the girls who would talk to him are now riding with other boys in their pickup trucks after school. Um, and he realized that he was no longer putting in any effort. He just thought things should come to him and they weren't. So he realized that he lost his truck. He lost his mojo. He lost, you know, the effort. So he goes back to the dealership, trades his truck back in or trades the Nissan for his truck again. And he becomes that guy again. He, um he starts flirting with the girls, chasing them, giving the effort, you know, cat calling them on that megaphone. And then He says, like, clockwork, I was back. And then that was, you know, like a green light for him. He learned he needed to put in the effort. He has to hustle. Things aren't going to come easily to him as easily as he thought that they should or would. So I feel like this is like an easy lesson to take from the book. You got to hustle.
1: For a change. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Like finding in, um, yeah, like finding out who you are. You don't just wait to find out who you are. You put in the work
3: to figure it out. Yes. You know, things aren't going to come easily for Mm -hmm. you. Always, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty easy lesson to take from that section. Yeah. Um, And then he has a little, I don't know if it's a poem or what, but it's called Process of Elimination and Identity. The first step that leads to our identity in life is usually not, I know who I am, but rather, I know who I'm not. Process of elimination. Too many options can make a tyrant out of any of us. So we should get rid of the excess in our lives that keep us from being more of ourselves. When we decrease the options that don't feed us, we eventually, almost accidentally, have more options in front of us that do. Knowing who we are is hard. Eliminate who we're not first and we'll find ourselves where we need to be i liked that too i did too and i mean i can think of instances in my life where that like applies you know or you you come across people and you or you see characteristics in someone that you're that you know might be close to you could be a person in your life and you're like i don't want to be that i don't you know or even even as uh growing up your parents might've done things and you're like, I'm not going to do that. If given the opportunity later in life, you might do something in your own life and looking back on it, you're like, I don't ever want to act like that again. I don't ever want to be that person to somebody else. You know, I mean, I think it's valid.
0: So I have, uh, I guess something to say about that. And I'm not trying to split hairs with anyone here politically. Uh, But the Trump presidency, was a really good eye-opener for me about, like, things I'm not into. Like, as some stuff came through and happened, I'm like, I'm not for that. But then it would happen repeatedly. And so, though there were probably a lot of hard lessons uh, in those four years, I think it helped me see a lot of the virtues I do like and, you know, virtues that aren't for me.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I I would agree with
0: that. A lot to learn in four years there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Did we notice that in the photo of Matthew McConaughey and his car, he again is not wearing a shirt? Oh, my goodness. So there are some things that just are... We know he's truthful on, and it's carrying on in almost every chapter, so... No shirt. And
3: really, even in his pickup truck, he's probably not wearing one in that picture. All you can really see is, like, the arm, but... There's no sleeve on it. So. Yeah, there's Mm-mm. probably
0: no shirt there.
3: No. I I'm not not
1: objectifying him. <laughs> and I'm sorry <laughs> for that.
3: At least you admit it. I mean, he's a good looking guy. Can't, yeah. He's a... Can't deny it.
1: He is. It's a fine did, specimen.
0: Did
3: we yeah. see that
0: he's in a um I'm not into
1: oh yours in color Lydia.
3: I... Oh yeah, I have like the oh, yeah. Wow, oh, like, so so, like the the inside of the covers are like a journal with uh, pictures. Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Um. The uh. Okay. Anyone listening? If you're gonna yes. buy the book and you'd like to not not objectify Matthew McConaughey by the hardcover.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. But did you guys see? I'm not into love movies, romance movies. I think is what they're called. But did we see that he has a movie coming out on Valentine's Day with J Lo?
2: Oh, it's what? like
0: a it's a hardcore romance, and I'm like, I am for sure not watching that. But I just felt like it was fitting that
1: not seen that. Ha- he haven't, has- haven't they done a romance movie before?
3: Yeah, they did.
1: Didn't they? Well, now I'm going to Google it. Hold please. Uh,
3: yes, I know. Please I'm, please. I'm. I'm okay. So, but honestly, like, how to lose a guy in ten days? Even though I've seen that movie a gazillion times, if if I come across it, I have to watch it. Really? I. Don't know why I love that movie so much, but I also love Kate Hudson a lot. And I just I don't know, man. I just love it.
0: Excuse me. It's he's the, also wedding the new planner. Batman.
1: Remember that the one? new Batman? The one that they did together was the the wedding planner, by the way. Okay. The wedding planner. Way back when, 2001, he's wearing glasses. Oh my god. Okay. so weird and cute in his curly hair because that was cool then. Little boys had curly hair. Yeah. Like permy curly hair.
3: You guys, I'm gonna find um, that just
1: in Timberlake. <laughs> and-
3: Are you thinking Owen Wilson though, Kayla? Because I know she has one coming out with Owen Wilson. <laughs> that <laughs> with- would be so funny if I was. Let me- <laughs> I was gonna say, who with- is <laughs> not as attractive. <laughs> I am so dumb. <laughs> it's Owen Wilson, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And this whole time, that
0: we're looking at his pictures. I'm thinking, like, when are we gonna find out what happened to Matthew McConaughey's nose? And oh the- no! <laughs> oh my God, you okay, but they- okay,
3: I can see why you did this. It they're
1: was- both blonde. They're both good with their shirt off, and they have a southern accent.
3: Yeah. I mean, Although, I don't. You know what, though? I've been seeing all these things about Owen Wilson being such a piece of shit who like doesn't acknowledge his kids. Oh,
1: that's nice.
3: Oof. Yeah, yeah, he has like kids with like a few different women, and he like doesn't acknowledge them or know anything about them. He's not like involved with them.
0: Well, apparently, I'm not involved in knowing the difference between Owen Wilson and Matthew McConaughey. So. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So, question though: This whole time, have you been picturing Owen Wilson? Every time we've been talking about Matthew McConaughey. I don't think my brain differentiates them. So oh, oh, I don't oh, know. The same? Okay.
1: Just, <laughs> quick, quick Google Owen Wilson and Matthew McConaughey, like an image search and they put them side by side and I shit you not. They're like the same person.
0: I Legit. They look almost the same. Oh my gosh. Either Google's listening or Google is listening. Okay. Hold on. Stop. I no longer feel bad about this.